talk about, and this is not at all negative, but if you looked at the title that I've written, I would call it Darkness and Light. And I've been thinking an awful lot, probably being the oldest in the room on the outside, but maybe the youngest on the inside because I'm on the nine. Um, I've been thinking a lot about how we journey through life. And I like to learn from people of the past as well as people of today. And there was a man called Brendan. He was born in 484 and he was an Irish saint. And one day he went on a journey. And I, I don't know, this just held me. Brendan and his people left where they were and they were very encouraged by the words spoken to them. May the God of our salvation grant you a safe journey. After traveling 40 days, they were covered in a great darkness that was so thick they could hardly see each other. And they came to understand that those who feared the darkness, the darkness that had covered them, that was so thick they could hardly see each other. And they came to realize that those who fear the darkness will never be able to venture far or come into the fullness of night. You see, darkness is like the cloud that hides the glory of God. And it is a pity that it's just, this is where I'm at in this journey through life. So I hope you understand where I'm coming from. It is a pity that so many of us can be put off by the cloud for it's often close to the glory. There was a man called David Adam who used to be a pastor of a church on an island in England called Holy Island. And he said this, he said this not long ago before he passed on. It is our journey through the world, even its darkness, that prepares us for the wonders and delights of the world to come. For me on this journey, I'm not trying to make God come. We need to know that he is deep inside every one of us and that he's actually here. His presence is here. I wonder if we realize that even the ground we're standing on is holy ground. This is Advent and I was thinking about, remember our Christmas story of the shepherds on the hills at Bethlehem? They were keeping watch at night when the angels came. But I believe there was even a greater understanding that came to them and that was the light was never far away. God as our Father is in his world and he wants to reveal himself to us in times of darkness. And I wonder if sometimes we feel we've lost the ability to see. And I think it's really important to understand that God lives in us. But we also need to come to realise These words have changed my life so much that in him we live and move and have our being. In Colossians it says that he is before all things and in him all things hold together, even creation itself. There was a mystic long ago 
called St Anthony and he came from Portugal and he was a patron saint of lost things. He was a patron saint of the poor. He was a patron saint of animals, of elderly people, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and many other things. And he was asked, how did he manage without books? And he said this, please, I want you to get this. He said, my book is the nature of created things. And as I often, I have a mind to read the word of God, they're at my hand. But the beauty of nature, he created a world for us to live in before he created us. There was a, a German theologian called Master Eckhart, born in 1260, and he said, apprehend God in all things. Every single creature is full of God, and it's a book about God. Every creature is a word of God. And I'm coming also to understand that creation itself was communion with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Everything speaks of his presence. And I came to understand in a deeper way, even during the lockdown, that we see with our eyes, but more importantly, we can see through the eyes of our heart. And I started to research this and I discovered in the Bible there are over 96 references to the heart. And this refers to the very core of our being. We're so busy trying to get everything here. You understand me, don't you? But we get it. When we get it here, it changes everything. Because I'm finding then that greater than our love for God, listen to this, greater than our love for God, is his love for us. Mm -hmm. And as we journey in this love, we find we are in the very heart of God himself. The Bible says nothing, nothing can separate us from the loved God in Christ Jesus. Nothing. Mm -hmm. And it is this that allows us to even go on dangerous and troubled seas. You see, when God is in our boat, there's nothing to fear. Remember the story of Jesus in the boat asleep, even while the storm was raging. But when we come to living in the knowledge and understanding of God's love, we're not afraid to go anywhere. When I was eight years of age, I had a desire, I want to go to Pakistan. I was only eight. Why Pakistan? I've no idea. I waited 75, 76 years, and last year I went to Pakistan. And the reason for me saying this, we're not afraid to go anywhere. Everybody said, you can't go to Pakistan, and began to tell me all the reasons why. But you see, when God is in our boat, there's nothing to fear. And my reason also for saying that is, whatever dream you have inside of you, don't let go of it. I never ever thought after 75, 76 years, I would actually make it. I'm being driven up with Andy and Gunilla up the hills and um, I, I started to cry. As we're going up the hills, there was no edge to the road. It just dropped down. And I saw the hills 
and behind the hills was the hills and behind the hills was the hills and I started crying and there were tears of absolute joy and Andy says why are you crying I says you don't understand it's the beauty of what I'm seeing I waited all these years to see it so when you live in this revelation of love you're not afraid to go anywhere you can get lost at sea but we can know deep in our heart that we are not lost eternally our heart is what makes us who we are it is the very core of our being you see our relationship with god is an affair of the heart of the very center of our being we really need to become more and more aware to the real truth that we are in him and our hearts need to rest in him if we're to have peace. I've also come to realise that within us, now this is really important for me and I wouldn't be surprised for many of us here, maybe not everybody, but I've come to realise that within us there is a kind of desert of loneliness. And no matter what we try and put in this desert place, we can still suffer from feeling dry and have a longing to satisfy our thirst. I even found out on the news recently that loneliness is gripping the hearts of people all over the world, especially with COVID and everything else. Um, and I spoke to James Jordan years ago and I, because he spoke on loneliness and it was my struggle. And I said, do you think we'll ever be free of loneliness? He says, not in this lifetime. But to give you hope, my loneliness is not what it was. I feel, I'm beginning to feel more and more at home because he created this world for us to live in. He created a home for us before he created mankind. This desert and emptiness within us needs filling and we can fill it with all sorts of things. With too much food, with too much wine, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> but can I also show you in a different way, there's also a desert in us that is a kind of place of crossing over if you are to get to the other side. Before the promised land spoken of in the Bible could be reached, there were deserts to cross. So interesting to find that Jacob had a dream of God's presence when he was in the desert. Moses, looking after the sheep in the wilderness, found the ground was holy when he saw the burning bush. I, I still question that. And I said to God, was the ground not holy before? He's not answered me, so I'm still trying to ponder that one. But he found the ground was holy when he saw the burning bush. You see, our journey from slavery to freedom often involves crossing the desert. In the New Testament, the wise men crossed the desert to find Jesus. John the Baptist chose the desert at the beginning of his ministry. Mark's Gospel tells us of Jesus that the Spirit drove him into the wilderness for 40 days. It was the Spirit who led Jesus into the desert. So the desert can be a positive place. 
because there can be space for us to face what's going on inside of us. Mm. I am becoming very aware, even more so, especially in the season that we're living in, that dryness is entering the hearts and souls of people even today. And I'm realising if we don't allow ourselves to be emptied, it's often because we're afraid of the growing emptiness within. We are called to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind. But we live in an age, all of us here, where we're not sure if his presence is really with us. People often seem like today, like orphans in a lost world. People often feel lonely in this world and don't know how to go forward. It seems in this century that we're living in that so many have lost relationship with God as a father. This is why I'm so grateful to James Jordan. I want to honour him until I meet him in eternity. He's still on earth, but I do meet him. But I don't know where I'd be if I'd never began to come into this relationship with God as a father. I really do believe it's important in this day and hour to come to know that God is our Father. And my prayer is that it's not lost through confusion in our present world. Jesus talked of this situation in his story of the prodigal son. It was not that the father wouldn't give to his son. It was not that the father moved away. It the son who was not at home in the present moment. The son wanted to make himself the centre of his world. He had come of an age and he thought, I don't need a father. But I wonder if we need to realise that when this relationship with God as our father is broken, all other relationships break down as well. The prodigal son learned that you cannot buy love, it must be freely given. And I'm also coming to understand it is no use in possessing things if you're empty on the inside. Mm. You know, I, I'm being the oldest here, I've got a lovely little modern flat, a one, one bedroom, I love it. But I've noticed something happening with me. I'm going through my bookcase and I take a book, I start reading it and I give it away. And I look at something in my cupboard. I've not used that, so I give it away. And I've got a friend, Mark, who was one of the leaders in my one. He says, Helene, I've noticed something. Every time you give something away, God does something inside of you. It's like I'm getting rid of junk. And, um, but I'm also coming to understand that there's no use possessing things if you're empty on the inside. When the son returns home, all he wants is a relationship with his father. A relationship, even amongst this group here, isn't gained by duty or is it worked for, although I think somebody's worked very hard here. <laughs> but it is of the heart. She's done this because she wants us here. Mm -hmm. I don't know why... 
I don't know why, but his love is becoming more real to me as I live in this. And I really want us all to begin to live in this love. It changes absolutely everything. I believe it even changes the atmosphere. See, the Bible tells us that God is not a God without feelings. He is not a God who made this world and then left it. He is at home in it and he cares for it. God loves this world. In fact, he loves the world so much that he gave his, himself for it. And the amazing thing is, it's not just for us as human beings, but his love is for the whole world. Mm -hmm. <coughs> I'm also coming to understand that the whole world belongs to God. And this, I believe, opens up us up to a world of discovery. We really are part of something far greater than we can ever possibly imagine. And as we become aware of this, we find that all things work together for good. God, as our Father, wants us to make ourselves at home in, his, in this world because it's his world that we are living in in the present moment. And just to let you know one thing, I found something a few months ago that had me absolutely laughing. It says in Isaiah 46, even in your old age and grey hairs, I am he, I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and I will sustain you and I will rescue you. I went hysterical when I read that. <laughs> He's mentioning me in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> there really is a danger in the time in which we're living in, where we're encouraged to chase after too many things. By seeking to possess things, we can often be possessed by them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <coughs> it's like our appetite is never satisfied. I never realised, like I said earlier, that having the need to possess lots of things is often a sign of poverty within. Mm -hmm. We can be surrounded by worldly things mm -hmm. and still feel poor and unsatisfied within. Mm -hmm. And we seem in this day and hour to measure people by their success or what they've gained or by the position they hold. But listen to this. We really do need to see again and again with fresh eyes that Jesus came as the Son of God. But do you know thing? Do you know? He was a carpenter's son. Mm -hmm. He was born in a stable. And in Matthew 13, we read, The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. And when he found one pearl of great price, he sold everything and bought it. And I believe that the peril that we are seeking for today is the presence, the divine presence that will never, never leave us. Mm -hmm. Someone said this, that the darkest hour is just before the dawn. And I want to finish with one little thing. Anybody heard of Dietrich Bonhoeffer? Mm -hmm. yeah. no. He was a German and killed by the Nazis. And he was, uh, not long before he was hung because of his faith, he said this, 
and I read this often and often and often. And he says, what will Christ mean in the future? We need a new form of Christianity when the time of this world is come of age. There's only one purpose for religion in this modern world, when people must share each other's suffering and the suffering of God in this godless world. We need more than religion in the former sense. We need a faith in Jesus Christ at the centre. Real Christianity means sharing each other's pain. He goes on to say, it's not for us to prophesy when men will once more ask God, when will the world be changed and renewed? But when that day arrives, there will be a new language, a non-religious language. It will be liberating and redeeming as Jesus' language. It will shock people. It will shock them by its power. It will be a new truth proclaiming God's peace with man. And I'd just like to finish with a prayer that I found somebody wrote one day, and I really like it. Yeah, I can pray, but I, I don't know. I just kind of drink from this. Mm-hmm. Father, at the beginning of creation, you calm the troubles of the world. Be present now to those of us in this room who are, whose lives are filled with troubles. Grant them the grace of calm in the midst of confusion. You have always shown us the way from darkness into the light. For those struggling now to see the light, we ask that you shine it a bit brighter in our world. Grant us all the grace to see a way forward through the present darkness. In Jesus' name. See, we're we're all on a journey. We really are. And we need one another on this journey. You know, when I feel flat, and we will do, and I want to finish with one thing I've probably said before, but Hildegard of Bingen have taught me something so profound. Hildegard of Bingen says there's something inside us that wants to fly. And that's what James Jordan always says, something in us that wants to fly. But she says this, in order to fly like an eagle, and I discovered in the Bible that there are over 30 references to an eagle. And I thought, why is this? And I discovered that an eagle, one type of eagle lives 40 years, goes into hibernation, picks all its feathers off, waits five and a half months for new feathers to grow in and then begins to fly till it's about 70 years. I thought, an eagle does that. So I thought a lot about what James says, that something in us wants to fly. And I discovered Hildegard of Bingham. Some of you know this. But Hildegard of Bingham said, there's something in us that wants to fly. And she says, in order to fly, you need two wings. You need the wing of the awareness of beauty 
but you also need the wing of the awareness of pain and suffering. Mm -hmm. If you mm -hmm. only focus on the beauty, you can't fly. But if you only focus on the pain and suffering, mm -hmm. you can't fly. Mm -hmm. We need both wings of awareness. So when troubles come in our lives, and they will come, um, it's good to look at the beauty, but it's also to be aware of the pain and suffering. So may each one of us, and I'll speak to myself, spend time to look at the beauty, but also to be aware of the pain and suffering. There's the law of gravity. If I tr fall down, I'll fall down. I won't fall up the way. So... With pain and suffering, we need to be aware of, but also be aware of the beauty. So for me, back home on my own, uh, after the lockdown was over, I thought, do you know, I focused so much on the suffering, I've not focused on the beauty. So I decided to go a walk down to the park. And I thought to myself, five hugs a day prevent wrinkles. I've not, not been allowed to see anybody. So I thought, well, there's a tree. So I looked about. I looked about. And there was nobody near me. So I put my arms around the tree. But it was when Hildegard of Bingham, when she said that, I thought, I understand that. We have to be aware of pain and suffering. But we also have to be aware of beauty. And there's a beauty in you, young man. You're a beautiful boy. Do you believe me? Yeah. But it's true. We need to have two wings of awareness. So go into beauty and feel your spirit soar. But also be aware that if you trip over a stone, you're going to fall down. Mm -hmm. So I just bless you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Colleen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.